What a groovy show we have for you today. Yes, this is the Harland uh, Highway Podcast. I'm Harland Williams. And it's always groovy here, man. I shouldn't have singled this one out as being groovy. They're always groovy. Um, great show today. Uh, uh, C- Colonel, uh, L- Lieutenant, Navy SEAL, uh, Left Corporal, French Commander Tom Dowdy will be here today. Military expert to discuss the hijinks going on. In North Korea. Uh, also, I'm going to be talking about what I think the these military solution is to North Korea. Yes, I'm going to give you some of my very serious analysis. Uh, and, uh, you know, let's hear if Tom Dowdy can top it. I don't know. He's Apparently he's calling in. Also on the North Korean front, we'll have North Korean news. We've been getting a lot of it lately. We'll have a North Korean news break. And then to start the show, I thought I'd play you guys a little bit of my live stand-up comedy, a short set that I did at a local comedy club in Hollywood, and something very peculiar happened in my groin area during my stand-up comedy uh, moment. So uh, very uh, funny, very odd, something that's never happened to me before when I've done stand-up, so... I thought I'd better share it with you guys, okay? So let's have some fun. Come on, ladies and gentlemen, this is the Harland Highway. Put on your seatbelts. It's about to get bumpy. Oh, how perfectly awful. I get my kids above the waistline, sunshine. I know they take the bandages off. We don't know who we are. We don't know where we are. You're riding down the Harland Highway. Let us out of here! Please! Let me tell you, you're starting something here that that's what you should be frightened of. Oh, fuck yeah, bud! Just leave us alone. Sit down, strap in, and shut up. What's going on? What's the matter? I thought maybe if I could kill him, I could make him stop. My mother never breastfed me. She told me she liked me as a friend. Who are we? This is the Harland Highway. What? It's the Harland Highway. It's it's a cookbook. It's the end of summer. I don't like it. Oh, it's... We're we're into uh we're into September, man. <laughs> and I don't like it. That means fall's coming and we're coming near the end of the year and oh my god, it's just it's so bizarre to me. But I thought it'd be a good way to kinda end the summer with some giggles, right? I mean I know we do get a lot of comedy on this show, bros. But I thought it might be fun to, you know, play a little stand-up comedy. I did this set at the world-famous comedy store on uh, the Sunset Strip in Hollywood, California. And uh, it was really uh, an interesting set um, about, uh, I don't know, a quarter of the way through my set. It's only about 18 minutes long. I'll play it for you. But on these nights when I go up, I just like to experiment and try things and throw them out there and just kind of talk to the crowd, see if I find any new material that I can that I can work, you know? And there was some guy right in the front row. There was two weirdos in the front row. There's a guy right in front of me, okay? There's a guy right at my feet. Nice guy, but weird. He had like a Freddy Krueger hat on his head. He looked like Freddy Krueger. And I don't know if he was tripping or what, but he was a talking and waving his hands and everything I said, he'd giggle at. Like, he, he was a really nice, like, affable guy, but at the same time, he was a little bit out there. He was, he was like a, 
He was like a, a Freddy Krueger on laughing gas or something. So I had to engage him a lot during this set, as you'll hear. And then about a quarter of the way through the set, there was this older guy sitting to the right of me. And it looked like he was looking down at the, at the floor. And so I busted him. I said, dude, uh, you know, I'm doing a show up here for you. Like, you, you want to, what are you, sleeping? Are your eyes half shut? And then he goes, no, your fly's hanging down. And I realized I was standing on stage with my freaking fly open on my blue jeans because I had just come from like six games of racquetball. I left the gym, changed into my clothes down in the underground garage, sped to the comedy club, ran on stage, and I guess I didn't do up my fly. So so, um, so anyways, you'll hear some of that as we get going into this uh, stand-up comedy set. As I said, it's about 18 minutes long, a lot of improv. It's not the funniest that I've ever done, but just some interesting things happened in it, and I thought you might be amused to uh, see what I had to deal with live in the moment. So without further ado, here it is. Yours truly, Harlan Williams, live at the world-famous Comedy Store. Give it up for Harlan Williams. Hi, everybody. Hello, hello. Good to be here. Let me fix this, and then we'll get right into this madness. Huh? Hi, girls. Hi, guy. Hi, guy over here. Oh, girl, girl, guy. Uh, I was at a funeral home yesterday. You ever been to a funeral home and you see a dead person laying there in the coffin? You ever go to one of those, guy? And uh, I just don't like getting the cold shoulder from people. Like, I don't like people who shut me out. I'm a communicator. I'm up here. I'm a com- I talk for a living. I like to, I like to vocalize. And uh, this stiffy was just laying there and... Uh, I, I hit my limit. I slapped that bastard right in the face. I'm just like, fucking say something, ass. No, okay, let's try another topic. Uh, I, uh, anyone here ever get sick? You ever, you ever get a, like a, like, you ever get like a pang? You ever yeah. get a pang? What'd you get, bro? What, a pang. What was it, in your ribs? Sure. Sure, okay. <laughs> Look, looking at you, where were you, at Tony Roma's for fuck's sake? Like a barbecue willy at table 12 over here. <laughs> I had a little pang, and, and I, was, I was like, I was in this frame of mind, so if you could wake up and listen. I, uh, I had a pang in my ribs. And the flag is in the, the, the what? My flag. Oh, does my, is that what you're staring at? I'm doing an act, and you're just interested in my beef? Come on, bro. Damn. You should have seen his. I thought he was asleep. His eyes were like down here. And I realized he's staring at my fucking pervert worm. God, I feel violated, man. I've just been eye raped by an old guy. Come on. And you should laugh there, Kruger. Come on. Freddy Krueger and fucking uh, Gerald from Subway at the front row here. <laughs> I like you. It's that Freddy Krueger chuckle you hear just before he slashes you. Yeah, okay, you don't have to act it out. Um, 
I, uh, but I got a pang, Joseph, right? For real. I know you're just trying to help me out. You didn't really have a pang, but you're going along with it. I appreciate it. Uh, but I had a, so if you could sit down trying to do a show. Uh, I had a pang in the old Riveroonies, right? And uh, I'm thinking, good God, should I get down to Cedar Sinai? Should I hit the hospital? El Hospitalo, right? And I'm thinking, why in this day and age would I go to El Hospitalo when I've got Google in my house, right? I'm like, I don't need no doctor. I don't need no hospital. I, Google answers everything, right? So I got this fucking pang. I get on Google, boom, boom, boom. Within a minute and a half, boom, cured. Found out I had ovarian cancer, right? <laughs> And leukemia. You ever, uh, you ever like overreact to a little sickness though, right? You got a little, you got a little flu, or you got a cold. You're like, holy shit, I gotta go see the doctor, man, right? You, you don't really need to, but I, uh, I had this pang, and uh, I went and got an ultrasound, right? I go and get an ultrasound, and it turns out I had uh, six golden retriever puppies in my world. Anyone want a puppy? Do you like puppies, guy? Do you like a puppy? You'd probably like to barbecue on Kruger, right? Just, how sweet, fresh meat, you know, just... I'm a vegetarian. Sit, well, no, you're not. You're Freddy Krueger. You, you crouch by your furnace and eat children. Who the fuck are you trying to kid? Freddy Krueger's a vegetarian, yeah. And King Kong doesn't like fucking coconuts, all right? Man, they're swearing. It's a comedy club. Relax. She's sitting there like she just laid a pterodactyl egg over there. Here, dude, you look sad. Let me open your mouth. Sad. He looks so sad that I'd shut the magic door, right? He wants to see the Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. So he's gonna be, welcome to Narnia, buddy. Welcome to Narnia. Is that probably? Now you're looking at it. What the fuck? Concentrate. My eyes are up here, Dad. Fuck it. You guys really like your mushroom couch. You probably think you're at Applebee's on the appetizer night. This actually feels pretty refreshing, I gotta say. I got a frosty coat, and there's a very slight breeze going through my fucking underpants right now. It's like I'm on a beach in the Bahamas. Aruba, Kaguga, Kruger, Kabama, Mama, Pretty Mama, Slash the Team. Right, you're just making me. I keep thinking about your fucking razor fingers and my meters hanging out. Man, if you could start laughing when the others do. Uh, speaking of Tony Romas, we all love. Do you like to eat, buddy? Do you like to eat, or does it make you shit? You like to eat? Where do you like to go? You like fast food? Not yet any fast food at all, just for the sake of my bit and kind of getting some laugh. Arby's. Arby's, there you go. Who said that? This guy here. You like Arby's? Why do you like the Arbs, bro, Safiosh? Beef. Do you like the beef? You know they have beef in all the other ones, right? Except for Chick-fil-A. That's chicken. But if you close your eyes and put a fucking piece of cow manure up your nose, it tastes like beef. I don't even know what that meant. 
I, uh, I went to this place. Has anyone been to Five Guys? Anyone heard of this place? Yeah. Five Guys? Yeah. Have you been to Five Guys? Yeah. I went into this place, and not, not the best name in the world for a, for a restaurant. Five Guys. I actually thought I was getting on a gay boat cruise, right? I walked in, some guy in an apron's like, Hi, welcome to Five Guys. And now there's six of us. Can I get you a vanilla milkshake? <laughs> ever put curly fries on your eyelashes and pretend you're Dolly Parton? You ever do that? Just lay in bed at night and sing Islands in the Stream and play with your clit? Okay, let's move on. Uh, everyone clamps up when you say clit, right? It's just a piece of anatomy, right, little buddy? Right, uh, little friend? Right, uh, what? Yeah, the clit, right? The people just get so nervous around the clit. It's just a piece of anatomy, right? It's like saying shoulder or nostril. It's it's human flesh. We love the clit, right, guys? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that wasn't very. Is this like gay night or something? Because that was like the, the, the worst of low energy response. Like, I almost feel like I'm at Clit Haters Anonymous right now. That wasn't a positive clip. You Arby's guy, you gotta love the clip. You probably put horsey sauce on your clip. But that's my point. Why doesn't the clip come in flavors, right? I mean, why can't I wake up in the morning and have a good old-fashioned buckwheat clip, right? How about on a Cinco de Mayo, a nice uh, blackened clip? Look, I'm just trying to spice it up. Can we get a deep and laugh and help? What's that, buddy? They make cherry clips. They make cherry clips? They do? You wish they you, You're just trying to help my act out because it's it's really hurting. And I, need, I need the help of a famous movie monster to fucking push me over the finish line here. Where's your rugby shirt tonight? At the dry cleaner? What the fuck? Guy shows up in a shamrock shake shirt over here. Are you texting over there, fucking uh, Yoda? You see, you can't hide. You're in the dark and you're actually fucking glowing. Either you're from Chernobyl, you're Tinkerbell, or you're a lighthouse. I mean, I can see. You must text someone. I must. Hmm. Must check with babysitter. I must. Even though I have no kids, I will. Must get some Ewok clip later tonight, I shall. Do Ewoks have clits? They probably just call them nubyubs, don't they? <laughs> oh, lick me in the nubyub. Nubgub. Nubgub. <laughs> you like that when I touch that area, right? Or let's, let's just get it down halfway. How about a halfway or just for you? You got crust in your goatee. Were you eating fucking lasagna earlier? I'm waiting for the jokes. You're waiting for the jokes? <laughs> Doing it right the fuck back up for that insult. I pulled it down for his hungry catcher predator eyes, and then he goes out. I put it right back into lockdown. Fuck you. Eat your clip. Eat your dirty, hairy man clip. I don't do jokes, bro. I just stand here and fucking smile and charm people. I don't know who needs jokes when you got the charm of a fucking magic leprechaun. 
Dude, I like you. You got an interesting story. Because, you, you know, this isn't an insult, but you look like, and I'm going to paint a picture. I could be wrong, but you tell me at the end if I'm right. You look like a guy that's been flying across the country. You work for, like, some kind of company. You're in sales, and you're just, you got a shitty day. Your boss was ragging on you. <laughs> And you're like, fuck this, I'm just gonna, I need a laugh. I'm gonna go to a comedy club, I'm gonna take my tie off, have a fucking drink, and just enjoy myself. Am I right? I don't know. Right on the mouth. Am I right on the mouth? Are you being honest? Pretty about 98%. What's the part I missed, your transgender? <laughs> Don't show me, show him. He wants to see. Is that a good enough fucking joke for you there? That was pretty accurate, right? Okay, now we're gonna go to the guy beside you, okay? Now the other side. We already know who this fucking guy on the left is. The guy on the right, okay? This is a guy that's been kicking around LA. 25 years on the jazz circuit, right? He's been playing the mint. He's been, well, man, if you could wait till I finish the bit. Uh, playing the sax, uh, playing with an improvised uh, jazz band. And, uh, you know, that's what he wants you to think. Really, a hip man. Right? You play jazz? Used to back in the day. Yeah. That's a pretty, you know, of all the things I could have picked that he did back in the day, I picked the one thing that he fucking did, a very obscure thing. Two for two. It's two for Tuesday, right? Now, you, buddy, you with the fucking beautiful green collared shirt, polo shirt, you've got that... That look in your eye, that I just bought a shovel at Home Depot look in your eye. <laughs> Got that human DNA under your fingernails. You'll <laughs> just laugh at anything. Watch this. Eggplant. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> I'm a fan. I like that. You don't see that very often. That's a that's an old classical touch that I love. It's very classy and dainty. It reminds me of like the old South. Someone just sitting on their porch, fanning themselves. Very elegant, my love. Can I say that? That's a compliment. And your name, my love? Cynthia Cayman. Cynthia Cayman. She gave me the whole name. Very beautiful, beautiful voice. Everything about you. You radiate. Beautiful. Are you with the uh, Yoda? <laughs> no? What do you do, Cynthia? Well, I do quite a bit. You do quite a bit? I'm just really asking for one of them. <laughs> I don't think you need to know. I don't think I need to know. See, now I'm even more intrigued than ever. Cost you. It's gonna cost me. What will it cost me, Freddie? Depends on how much she charges. Oh, I thought you meant it would cost me in terms of like if I had children, you'd need three of them. Is it just me or the rest of you waiting for a giant boulder to roll out of a tomb and crush this fucking guy? 
I'm just kidding. You're a lot of fun. You're good energy. How about me, you, and him, Motel 6 later, Chara Mayonnaise? We'll never take these three with us. Do you know these three girls? Not yet, but I will at the end of the show. Uh, highly unlikely, highly unlikely. You know how I was banging on about these two? The odds of you mingling with them later? Absolutely zero. But keep trying to admire your spunk, buddy. Huh? They're with you, the Arby's dude? Oh, you're in, you like the classy dates, huh? Where do you want to go to tonight, girls? You want to go through the drive-thru at Arby's? You ever do this at Arby's? You ever, you ever uh, go through the drive-thru and uh, you order your meal, and then you, you get up to the drive-thru window and you put a $10 bill in the crack of your ass? <laughs> Stick your ass out your car window. You always get your food for free. You know? Always. 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 I haven't paid for my Arby's in 10 years. <laughs> Let's do one more. One more. I owe this guy at least one fucking one joke. One joke. Yeah. One more? You want one more? Yeah. One more. Okay, this this is like a 20-minute piece I do. Okay. Time them. Okay, easy there, uh, fucking pantomime Willie. That isn't one of those James Bond fans where you throw it and it cuts someone's head off. This fucking guy's an easy target. Uh, okay, last joke, last joke. Here it is. Uh, anybody here from out of town? This is my last joke. Anyway, where are you from? Over here. New York. New York? What part? Queens. Queens? What do you do there, guys? This will be fun. Musician, okay, there's this, there's a, they're called buskers. There's a guy down in the subway. He's playing a song, right? Old man stops and says, hey, can you play the song that was played at my wedding? My wife died 10 years ago. Can you play Oh Susanna? And the busker says, yeah, but it's going to cost you $10. And the old man said, but my wife died. And the busker says, I don't care, dude. I got to make a living. What do I have to do with your old wife, your, your your wife's death? And the and the old man says, "Well, um, why don't you use, uh, go suck a ham sandwich right up your uh, teriyaki crab hole, uh, potato salad fucknard?" <laughs> and that's I just made that up right on the spot. I, I just made that fucking thing up right there. That was for him because he loves jokes. <laughs> Thank you, buddy. Have one last week to get out of here. Thank you very much. God bless y'all. Come on, Freddy. Harlan Williams, ladies and gentlemen. Let me you. Harlan Williams. Some of my favorite movies, Harlan. There he is. Harlan Williams. Um... Yeah, the MC, I, when I do these little shows, I, I've told you before, I usually go up under a different name. I never go up under my own name. And I told the guys, it introduced me as, uh, you know, Coconut Johnny from, from Fresno, California or something. And he said my real name. So that I don't like that. I like to go up as stupid names. It makes me laugh. But anyways, I, I hope the, 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 that recording, I feel like it gives you a real like a live feeling, like you're kind of in the room watching the show. And, and as I said, I, it wasn't my funniest set in the world, but I thought, I, I thought I'd play it for you because 
I don't think I've ever done a show where my flies open and, and, and I literally like kept doing it up. And then this guy, the old guy was kind of had a little bit of attitude. He wasn't really laughing at anything, you know, here he says, Oh, I'm waiting for the jokes. And I thought, you know what? I'm just going to pull my fly down and you can stare at my nasty, uh, freaking dewworm, bro. You know? So I, I just, I had a lot of fun and some of the girls in the crowd were laughing and, and it was kind of weird that the, the, the people that I was kind of looking around at their faces and picking like picking up like aspects of their life, it was a little weird because I was really kind of nailing it. There was the businessman guy, there was the jazz player guy. And I don't know, I was just I just in this vibe, I was in this mood where I feel like I was I was reading people that night. And uh I wish my act had been a little funnier that night, but I worked on some stuff, you know, and, and I had fun with the, the fly hanging open. So, so anyways, there you go. I hope you enjoyed that, and uh, we'll bring more of that to you as uh, time goes on. All right, Raj, let's shift gears, and uh, let's get into something else, man. We interrupt this podcast for an important North Korean news update. I'm <laughs> 위기 국면의 전자들의 상투적 수법이다. 이번 사건을 통해 다시금 명백해진 것은 남조선 당국, 특히 군부 호전 세력들이야말로 동족 대결을 위해서라면 그 무엇도 서슴지 않는 모략 날종의 능수들이라는 것이다. 범죄자들은 온결의 전엄한 심판을 면치 못할 것이다. 우리 군대와 인민은 반공화국 대결분자들의 온갖 모략 날조 책동을 과감히 짓부시고 북남관계를 개선하며 민족의 평화와 통일을 위해 계속 앞으로 나아갈 것이다. We now return to our regularly scheduled programming. We will keep you informed as events unfold. I mean, speaking of unfolding in North Korea, what the hell is going on with these knobs? I mean... Now they're, uh, you know, just recently they shot a uh, missile over Japan, as we all know. And uh, they just keep pushing and pushing and prodding and launching mission, uh, missiles. All in the face of, of the president's warnings. He's warning them that they're playing with fire. He's warning them that he's not, uh, not going to play this Mr. Nice Guy uh, slap on the wrist routine. And it's interesting, man. This this uh, this North Korean regime is really being provocative. They're really poking the lion with the stick. And uh, you have to ask yourself, man. At what point do you do you uh, you, you have to take assertive action? You know, you can only uh, let let uh, the bad guys taunt you so long before you got to go. You know what? Enough. Because eventually uh, their behavior becomes more real. Eventually uh, somebody gets hurt and people die. And it's, uh, it's amazing to watch this, uh, this North Korean leader uh, be so ballsy and keep, uh, keep uh, you know, pushing, pushing the fucking barriers, man. So uh, I hope he knows what he's doing because uh, I think uh, sooner rather than later there's going to be some kind of aggressive reaction from the United States. 
And not only do I think it's going to happen, I think it needs to happen because, you know, this has been this has been 40 years of placating this guy. This has been a, decades of letting him just uh, continue with his provocative behavior and his dangerous behavior. And, uh, and in the background, behind all this, this behavior, is a rogue country that's developing and advancing the capabilities of their nuclear arsenal. And so do you just sit like a dummy and, and try to, you know, talk it through? Or do you eventually have to just go, you know what? Boom, just drop them, knock them out. And of course, we all know hanging in, in, in the balance is South Korea and Japan and the whole region. So, you know, it, it, it's, I guess it's easy for the U.S. to say because uh, we would not feel the uh, immediate repercussions of a violent military backlash. Of course, South Korea and Japan and everyone down there on the Pacific Rim would, would uh, you know, They'd be the ones that would have to catch the falling missiles and uh, all the uh, the weaponry aimed at them. But uh, you go, you say to yourself, "Well, do we do we take a little collateral damage today and get into a firefight with them, or do we keep letting this progress and then we take major collateral damage because suddenly, instead of a firefight in the Pacific Rim, we have a global nuclear war where there's morons capable of, of sending missiles all over the globe. And I'm not sitting here saying, well, let's sacrifice the, uh, the South Koreans. Let's, let's sacrifice the 10 million South Koreans so the rest of the world can live in peace. But, it, it, you know, here's what I would like. I would like it if, if the U.S. somehow came up with some kind of a really incredible covert plan and, you know, this might just be a fantasy. This, this might even be a reality in this day and age, you know, mind you. But they just uh, filled the sky with either some kind of satellite-type weapon or the silent stealth bombers or the B-52s that were so far up they were undetected. And unbeknownst to the North Koreans, with laser precision, you know, like Scud missile precision, they just unleashed... Uh, such an incredible amount of firepower that precisely pinpointed the North North Koreans, uh, you know, line of defense. All their weaponry lined up on the border. All all the uh, all the foxholes and the underground bunkers and and they just knew where they were and they were just like you know and they just like everything got hit at once. And North Korea wasn't even able to get a shot off. And all their arsenal was just, like, obliterated. And you're like, yeah, okay, Harlan, uh, watch Star Wars too much or what? Well, no, I'm, I'm being realistic here. I, th- I think that if they, if they put the full might of the American military into the air and into the sea and onto land and anywhere else into space... I have a feeling they could do it, and I have a sneaky feeling there's weaponry in the U.S. arsenal that maybe the world doesn't know about yet. I have to believe that, you know, with the advancement of GPS technology and lasers and this and that, I wouldn't be surprised if there's, there's some weapons 
that the U.S. military has never exposed to the world, and it's almost like if you've ever been at a laser light show, you know, it's like it's dark, and then all of a sudden, like, 120 direct laser beams flash out into the darkness and some rock band starts playing, right? Well, what if, what if the U.S. had some kind of, you know, orbiting facility or orbiting uh, arm, armada of satellites or even, uh, you know, like I said, their Air Force, and they were just able to, with pinpoint accuracy, with GPS-guided lasers, just, just everything... The, you know, Central Command said to however many uh, weapons, how many aircraft satellites were floating in the sky over North Korea, just three, two, one, and, and just everything went at once. I think that would just be brilliant. That would be surgical. It would be tactical. It would, it would limit the casualties. And if they just imagine that, they just took it out and... <laughs> I mean, man, that, that would actually be more effective than a, a, a mushroom cloud and a nuclear bomb, which, which literally just, as you know from Nagasaki and Hiroshima, just flattened everything, killed anything, innocent people, women, men, children, but th- that was the nature of war back then. But now everything can be so precise, so mathematical. So I, I actually, even though in a way I don't, I'm, I'm, I'm saying this as a hypothetical, I'm, I'm actually somewhere in the back of my head going, you know, I, I bet it's doable. I bet they can do it. And I wouldn't be surprised if, if we see it happen one day. And it's just almost like a light switch, like all at once. It's, it's like you ever see, uh, you know, a movie or whatever where, where they shut a power grid down. You know, you see a city lit up at night. And then they shut down the power grid, and you just see all the lights go. Everything just kind of goes off one after the other. That's what this would be like. It just would be boom, 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 boom. Every every weapon that North Korea had trained on South Korea and anywhere else would just all go up at once. I bet it's doable. I wouldn't be surprised if that's what's going on somewhere in the bowels of the military. And uh, like I said, it's probably long overdue. It's something that uh, we got to face. We got to face. Our children have to face. I mean, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's turning into a kill-or-be-killed situation when you're dealing with a, a guy that's so out of touch and, and, and doesn't communicate with the rest of the world and doesn't have a firm grasp of reality and he's a tyrant and a bully and a... I mean, it's it's it's... Just the way life goes. It's the way war goes. So we'll see what happens. Look at me talking all mil- What am I, some kind of... What am I, a general now? What am I, some kind of... This is unbelievable. I didn't, I didn't know I, I possessed so much uh, military strategy in this brain of mine. Who? Oh, are you serious? Commander Colonel... French Lieutenant Tom Dowdy's calling? No way. He. It, well, I guess I, it makes sense that he'd call because, right? I'm talking. Okay, well, put him on. Maybe he can illuminate us. Here we go. Now we have a real military expert. This man's been in many wars. He's a decorated soldier. It's it's a man who calls our show a lot. A French colonel, uh, uh, frontiersman, uh, 
third general rank Navy SEAL, uh, Corporal uh, French Lieutenant's woman, Tom Dowdy. Hello, are you there, sir? Hello, civilian. Hello, sir. How are you? This is Corporal First Commander, Ranking Officer, Commander General Colonel, French Lieutenant Tom Dowdy. You are a go, sir. Hello, thank you, sir. Uh, how are you? I, you were listening to my uh, my 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 topic about uh, the North Korean uh, arena. Yes. Let me tell you something about the North Korean civilian. Okay, sir. They are tricky. They are greasy. And they are slippery. Okay, sir. Can you elaborate? I did a couple of tours of duty where I had to penetrate the North Korean border. Oh, wow. So you, you, you actually had to sneak inside undercover? That's right, civilian. And let me tell you, it's not pretty over there. North Korea is like climbing up the inside of a half-dead giraffe's asshole covered with pancake batter and snapping paper clips in your eyelids. Uh, okay, sir. I had to climb up a tree, grab myself a North Korean monkey, skin it alive, and crawl inside of it. Wait, you, you skinned a, a, a North Korean monkey alive and hid inside its, 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 its hide? Wow, that that's intense, uh, sir. But but what did you think about my analysis of the uh, you know the North Korean uh, war theater? A sack of bubbling horseshit, civilian. Whoa, sir! You don't think that uh, there's any practicality to what I said? You'd have about as much chance of doing what you said as getting Helen Keller to win a square dance competition wearing fucking roller skates. Uh, sir, now, I mean, uh, okay, fair enough. I admit I'm not an expert in the military field, but how would you, uh, you know, deal with the North Korean uh, aggression? Well, here's what I'd do. It worked once. It'll work again. i crawl into North Korea under the cover of darkness, civilian. Okay. i climb up a North Korean banana tree. All right. I put my arms around a fucking sleeping coconut monkey. You got me? Uh, if that's what they're called, sir. I choke them out. I pull out my six-inch knife. I gut them right up the belly. I pull his insides out, and I climb inside his skin. Okay. And then I start moving around the jungle, just like a fucking coconut monkey. All right, sir, and and the reason for that is? That gives me the opportunity to sneak right up on the adversary. The North Koreans have outposts stationed all through the jungle on that border with South Korea. They'll 
light up the sky like a Rosie O'Donnell doing a popcorn fart at a flapjack festival. Whoa, sir. So what I do, everybody loves a monkey, right, civilian? I guess everybody loves a monkey. Well, how about a dancing coconut monkey who likes to squeeze his titties? What, sir? That's right. I walk up to them in the dark. They're standing by their machine guns. Their greasy little fingers wrapped around the turrets. And all of a sudden, on a full moon, out of the shadows of the coconut trees, comes a goddamn dancing coconut monkey. Is this you in the monkey skin? me. I'm the dancing coconut monkey. Oh, 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 oh. Ah, 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 ah. And then I squeeze a monkey tit. What? I start squeezing my monkey tits. Sir, squeezing your monkey tits? You gotta remember, civilian, these soldiers have been standing out in that jungle since their grandmother's rear end jumped up into a fucking Playboy magazine and took a crap dip. I don't even know what that means, sir. So these wigwams are standing out in the jungle. All of a sudden, standing there in the moonlight is a North Korean coconut monkey playing with its titties. It's monkey titties. Sir, this sounds a little... Let me finish, civilian. Uh, sir? I walk up. I go, ooh, who wants to squeeze the monkey titties? Okay. They get within range, just about to put my other hands on my monkey areoli. Monkey areoli. You heard me, civilian. As soon as they get within about an inch and a half of my monkey nipples, wham, my knife finds its way right into their belly and takes a train ride straight up to their throat. I can feel that North Korean blood running down my monkey flesh. Oh, my monkey tits glowing in the moonlight. And the last thing those fuckers ever saw was Colonel French Lieutenant South Park Fried Egg. Fucking First Commander Navy SEAL. Tom Dowdy's moonlight lit monkey tit. Check that. Coconut monkey tit. Sir, have you been drinking at all? Yes, I have. You, you've been drinking? Yes, yes, I have. A civilian. Because I, I don't think uh, you're not making sense. The idea of. I offered a, a very technological solution to taking out North Korea, and, and you're offering up a solution. Of skinning a monkey alive, climbing in its skin, sneaking up on North Korean soldiers, seducing them with your monkey tits, and stabbing them. Yeah, you got a problem with that? Did I have to come over there and smack you in the fucking head with a frying pan with a salmon fillet still cooking in it? Sir, I, I, I think maybe we're going to let you go. It's late and you sound a little... Rough around the edges. You want to hear about rough around the edges? One time I was in Cambodia. 
ravioli sandwich and lit it up like Tommy Timberlake's fucking tattooed tonsil twat. Sir, sir, you are you are really not making sense. We're gonna let you go. It sounds like you're a bit drunk. Yeah. Okay. Good night. Good night, sir. Sir? I want to know your address, William. So I'm not giving you my address. You've been drinking. I'm going to find it. I'm going to find where you live. And I'm going to be over there tonight. Dressed as a North Korean fucking tip monkey. And I'm going to grind my fucking big brown tits all over your little white pasty just just when you think it's getting good I'm gonna shove a canoe paddle all the way up here thank you sir goodbye oh my god Roger he was just laced like I was actually listening to him at first and then I was like wait this this isn't nothing none of this makes sense yeesh I mean Colonel Dowdy's tough to, to get a handle on when he's not drinking, but wow. I, I think we just better leave leave it right there. The show is a, a little, you know, just how do you top that kind of madness? Um, wow. Okay. Well, as you know, uh, I've been away at Burning Man, so uh, I'm back. And uh, next show, I will give you some of the highlights of my Burning Man experience. And uh, share with you my wacky adventures in Burning Man. Uh, always, uh, always fun to share that stuff with you. Also, uh, my fall stand-up comedy tour begins at the uh, at just a few weeks uh, in Portland, Oregon. Uh, we're talking uh, September twenty-first to the twenty-fourth, Portland, Oregon. Uh, at uh, Helium Comedy Club, and then the following week, uh, September 28th to October 1st, uh, Schomburg Improv, just on the outskirts of Chicago, and then October 12th to the 15th, the Irvine uh, Improv in Orange County, California, and then up to Buffalo in November, and Edmonton, and San Jose, and uh, just, a, just a good, good time about to happen. So, uh, Check on harlowilliams.com for my stand-up comedy dates. Uh, you can write me at harlowilliams.com. You can phone me at harlowilliams.com, 323-739-4330, 323-739-4330. Uh, become a premium member at harlowilliams.com. 20 bucks a year gets you every podcast we've ever done. Get our free app. Yes, I said free. Just go into your app store, type in the Harland Highway, boom, you've got an app, and you can listen to the show wherever you are. Uh, so that's it for today, man. I'm still a little shaken up from uh, Tom Dowdy. Uh, thanks for listening. Look forward to uh, sharing my Burning Man stories with you on the next show. And until then, chicken chow mein, baby.